Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode is going to be my WWE Money in the Bank 2017 review, and I'm here once again with Zach Epstein. Me and Zach were both at the show live in the house in St. Louis, Missouri, in the Scotts Trade Center. And I need to mention right now uh, the experience in the Scotts Trade Center. The show itself was great, uh, but me and Zach had tickets. Uh, we were in a pretty good spot in the arena, great view of everything, no complaints. Uh, but a friend of mine actually hit me up during the show and said, Hey, Steven, I can't make the show, and these haven't sold. I got you two front row seats to check your email. And we're talking front row. I don't know if you guys noticed, but during the show, there were four completely empty seats ringside during the whole show at Money in the Bank. And I had two of those tickets ready to use in my email. Uh, the Scotts Trade Center not only wouldn't let us go into the seats because they said they were print-only tickets and I had them on my phone, they directed us to the box office who then wouldn't print them for us because our names weren't on the tickets. And why would they be? Uh, they were gifted to us. So I need to put Scotch Trade Center on blast right now. I'm gonna get into this actual review of Money in the Bank here in just a second after uh, just some, some messages from my sponsors, but um, I would normally never come on here and blast something. I'm a generally positive person, uh, but I need to. I just need to mention, I mean, I've gone to many, many arenas throughout the country, um, usually during professional wrestling shows, and I've never dealt with a staff that was as bad as the Scotts Trade Center um, in a lot of different ways, not just the tickets. Uh, the way they had everything set up seemed like a, just a serious fire hazard. Everything was clustered together right at the entrance. People couldn't move around. It was a bad experience. That, that arena, you know what, I'm just going to say it. The Scotts Trade Center fucking sucks. And I need, I need everyone to know that. St. Louis, Missouri was fine. I had a good time in St. Louis. I had a great time at the show. But it probably would have been an even better time had they let me into my front row seats that I had complete proof of, um, as well as the word of the guy who gave me the ticket. So I need to, I need to just shout that out right now and let, let everybody know. And I hope someone from the Scotch Trade Center or the city of Missouri hears this. Uh, the city of St. Louis, rather, in Missouri hears this because uh, I don't know if you guys are just used to it, but you guys don't have to put up with the bullshit that they put you through. I mean, they were some of the rudest employees along with that. I mean, not just the box office. We're talking about just your everyday just kind of vendor there. And no one was on point. And I come from, I mean, 10 years now of, of working in, in basically the customer service industry or or training other people on, on you know how to properly do customer service. And I was let down in a lot of ways by the Scotch Trade Center. So I had to mention that before we got into this review because people need to know. I mean, just like if you have a, a good experience somewhere, I think it's it's only fair to be you know fair all the way across the board and let people know when you have a bad experience as well so they can avoid it or so the place that's making mistakes you know can fix it. So that all being said, make sure to check out Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. He is a USA Boxing and NSAM certified trainer out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. That's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. So make sure to give him a call at 404-316-4516. Once again, 404-316-4516. Or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That's B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. If you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills, Brian Jensen is the guy for you. He can help you do all that stuff and more. Everyone's talking right now about the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather boxing match that's coming up. It's a huge deal. And if you want to learn how to box, hit up Brian Jensen. Also, make sure to follow him on Instagram at BMJMMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. Also, 
Special thank you and shout out to Heroes and Legends who are celebrating 15 years in business. They are a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and they can be found live in person on the following dates. Very soon, we have the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee, June the 23rd through 25th. So once again, Fanboy Expo, Knoxville, Tennessee, June the 23rd through the 25th. That's coming up this week. Freedom Pro Wrestling in Nashville, Tennessee, July 1st and August the 19th. That'll be in the Nashville Fairgrounds. I'll be there live in person for that show, both of those shows as well. So say hey to me at the Fight Talk Podcast, as well as the fellas at Heroes and Legends while you're there at Freedom Pro Wrestling. And also, mark your calendars right now, November the 25th, WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, live in person. Heroes and Legends is bringing with them Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, two gigantic legends in the world of mixed martial arts, as well as professional wrestling. They're going to be there doing question and answer type stuff, interviews. Uh, You can get your picture taken with them. You can get some autographs, meet and greet. It's going to be a great time, and I plan on being there live in the house in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for WrestleCade as well, and you should be too. Also, like always, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. Make sure you're following them on Twitter at WrestleRumble because they do a lot of great stuff over there and you want to stay up to date. They essentially, this isn't even part of like kind of the plug I was going to do. I'm just going to tell you right from the heart. Essentially what it is, you go on there and you predict professional wrestling. It's the coolest concept out there. I mean, I was playing before they were even a part of the podcast. I really believe in what they do and it's a lot of fun. Like for instance, all the stuff that me and Zach are going to be reviewing right now for WWE Money in the Bank, it was on that website, a part of the questions. And, I mean, there's a lot more that we're not going to go over, but just to give you perspective, like, for instance, you could get points on who the first person is that stepped on the ladder inside of the ring. There were points on the ways matches are going to end. There's points on everything, and it's a lot of fun. There's a big overall contest, the MVP contest going on, too. So if you play a lot, you play often, you got chances at even bigger prizes. But there's always a lot of cash on the line and a lot of really great prizes. The winner of this one got a custom-made airbrush money in the bank briefcase. They give away free tickets, uh, free custom belts, uh, free belts off WWE Shop, all, all that kind of stuff. So make sure to check out WrestleRumble.com and follow them on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Also, they got uh, merchandise. I got three t-shirts from them recently. I'm going to give a couple away soon in a big contest with all my sponsors. That's going to be coming very soon for Great Balls of Fire, so stay tuned for that. But... They got great stuff there at WrestleRumble.com and check them out. Also, shout out to Williamson Brothers Barbecue. I like to bring Zach in on these because he can speak to it as well. So, on a scale of one to ten, what would you rank Williamson Brothers Barbecue? Just all three sauces, just overall. We got the we got the Carolina. Give me that a one to, a one to ten on the Carolina, a one to ten on the spicy Chipotle, and a one to ten on the original barbecue slash all purpose tomato based vinaigrette sauce that you can find. I won't support this barbecue. Um, I guess, well, starting off, you started with the uh, Carolina, the mustard-based one. Um, I gotta give it, gotta give it a ten. Like I've, I've had plenty of those mustard-based sauces, and that one just it beats everything. You can dip it in anything, or you can dip anything in it, put it on top of anything, and it, it just goes well with just about everything. Um, the smoky, spicy chipotle one. Um, if you're a sp- if you're a fan of spice. It's it goes it goes great with uh, with your meats with the pork. Put it on top of your potatoes that you make. It it it's just perfect. And then 
the original, can't beat the original. Um, I mean, what what more can you say about it? It's just, it's it's a perfect ten. So ten, we're doing the the Ty Dillinger ten hands right now, the fingers. Uh, so tens across the board for a total of thirty out of thirty. That's pretty good. I give it the same score as well. I think it's amazing. I think it's the best sauce in the world. It is all natural. Uh, you can find it in Whole Foods, which recently uh, I think it just got bought by Amazon. It sounds mm-hmm. like, or it's very for close. A couple billion. Insane. So they're changing the game. So you'll be able to get Williamson Brothers sauce sent directly to your house. I mean, probably any day now. Uh, you already can if you go to WilliamsonBros.com. So you know, definitely check out their website as well. Uh, they're in like 2,000 locations in the southeast region, as far as uh, like places that carry their barbecue sauce. Uh, you know, you got Whole Foods, like I said. You got Kroger, Publix. I think they're in Walmart's. I mean, they're they're pretty much everywhere. Uh, so just you know, just stay up to date with what they do. You know, WilliamsonBros.com. Check them out on social media too. Just search Williamson Brothers Barbecue or Williamson Brothers Barbecue Marietta. Should pop up really easily on Facebook as well. They're all over the place. Uh, make sure you check their stuff out. I like it so much. I'm willing to give it to you for free. I say it all the time, guys. If you want to try the Williamson Brothers sauce yourself, just let me know and I'll get you some for free. And not only are they a, a local. Uh, company in in the Atlanta Georgia area um, they buy locally too when they can so they're always trying to help their own local communities their own local economies they're a family-owned business I mean uh, Sawyer Williamson has been on the show uh, is I mean he's got a very good position in their company currently but he grew up in that business under his dad and his uncle who who own operate and I mean they started the whole thing themselves so it's a family thing, and a lot of their family members work for this company, and they do just amazing things, and it's the best sauce in the world. So shout out once again to Williamson Brothers Barbecue. And with that, let's get on with the WWE Money in the Bank 2017 review with me and Zach Epstein on the Fight Talk Podcast. All right, everyone, we are back on the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm here today once again with Mr. Zach Epstein. Zach, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Not too shabby. Yeah, I'm doing all right myself. Uh, it is Tuesday night, June the 20th, 2017. We're going to review WWE Money in the Bank 2017 on today's show. SmackDown just ended. Um, I will be watching that. We both will be watching that right after recording this podcast, and you'll be able to hear a review of that show on the blue level um, at uh, thefanspodcast.com. So if you're on thefanspodcast.com, starting last week, every week I'm going to be doing a SmackDown review on their blue level section of their website. Make sure to check them out on Twitter as well, at thefanspodcast. But we'll be catching up on that afterwards. Uh, This was a SmackDown show, Money in the Bank. Uh, We were both there live in the house. I know I just mentioned during the intro to this show, my experience at the Scottish Trade Center was just I already went over it. I'm I'm past it. But the event itself was great, and the seats we had were great. So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, when you got when you got front row seats sitting on your phone and no one lets you sit in the chair. Oh, not to mention, um, Ric Flair sat in the seat we were supposed to have. I'm just gonna throw that out there too. Uh, when they showed all those legends, those were the seats we could have been sitting in. By the way, him and Cowboy Bob. Yep, they had Sergeant Slaughter out there. There were a lot of people out there just mm-hmm. sitting. I mean, we we were supposed to be right there. Anyways. That's on the Scott Strait Center, not you listeners, so that's, that's the end of that. Um, we'll just get into the show, man. The first match that we had, the Hype Bros defeated the Colognes. Uh, this was a pre-show match. Uh, this got the crowd going, though. I mean, this was like eight and a half minutes long. 
I figured the Hype Bros would win, and they did. They're steady pushing Mojo. Don't know what will happen on SmackDown tonight, but I'd imagine that the Hype Bros are going to be featured, and I imagine they're positioning themselves as a top tag team on SmackDown. As I don't know if I sort of my word there, as a top tag team on SmackDown. Not the top tag team on SmackDown. Um, Zach, what were your thoughts on this match, man? Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a great match uh, for where it was. It was pre-show. Uh, Ryder's first match back after he went down. Right. Um, he should. They should be pushing him for the uh, number one contendership. You would figure since uh, when Ryder left last time, they just won the number one contendership for the tag championship. It's a great point, and so, that's something WWE doesn't usually like bank on us remembering those type of things I had forgotten so I'm glad you brought that up yeah so I could see that happen I mean Mojo's gotten better and they haven't really done anything with him since he won the uh, battle royal but um, that hype rider at the end they pulled that off pretty flawlessly Um, it looked it was a great uh, tag team move I'll take that hype rider over Seamus and Cesaro's little white noise uh, tag team. Oh, move. hands down, I agree a thousand percent. Um, but yeah, uh, it was good. Hopefully, they the Colognes don't get relegated because they are a real good tag team. They can do good stuff in the ring, but Hype Bros need the push right now. I know it's kind of the obvious like hardcore wrestling thing to say about the Colognes, but they could use Carlita so bad as a part of that stable. I mean, just so badly, but. Uh, you know, something I want to mention about this, the Hype Bros were pretty damn over with the live crowd. Now, of course, they were the first thing happening, and the crowd's ready to ready to go. I mean, they wanted the show to start, and they were definitely into the Hype Bros. And something I was talking to Anthony Mills today, um, earlier today about, someone who's been on this podcast before, he mentioned how different it is, because I'd brought it up, why I'm mentioning it now, but we were talking about how when you go to live shows, Sometimes, I mean, it can work both ways, but sometimes the pop just seems so much louder in person than when you rewatch it on the network. And I was telling him, because he was asking me, like, he's like, man, how loud was it? First thing he asked me about Money in the Bank, how loud was it when James Ellsworth grabbed that briefcase? And I said, look, I watched the show on the network afterwards, and it wasn't nearly as loud as how that building sounded when Ellsworth was doing at the time everyone wanted Ellsworth to do it we're all chanting yes 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 but on TV it sounds like almost lukewarm and like I know that they they manipulate the audio for certain reasons like you know when someone's music hits it sounds way louder on television than it does live but I don't know why you would want the crowd to not be as loud unless I mean it is the WWE though I mean like there is honestly a school of thought amongst a lot of fans that they purposely do like I want to say bad uh, business on purpose sometimes. Essentially, like, you don't want it to be as loud for the hype bros as it's going to be for, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura. You know what I mean? Like, you, you want certain uh, perception for certain guys depending on where, they're on where they are on the card. But I even mentioned uh, Randy Orton when he came out in his hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. That place came on glue. That place was loud as fuck yeah it was crazy and when you watch it on the network it just seems like any other like randy orton raw entrance or smackdown entrance Mm -hmm. so you know that i think is a big miss i I mean because i'd imagine i think i mean we're gonna get to it but i think probably the biggest pop of the night as far as the entrance goes was was randy orton coming out right yeah 
and the roof off that place with that entrance. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up just as a side note. Um, and speaking of James Ellsworth, in the second match of the night, we had the first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, and this was, you know, for a contract for a future uh, title match. And Carmella won, uh, defeating Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Tamina, and Becky Lynch. And the big controversy here is James Ellsworth was the first one to grab the briefcase, and he tossed it down to Carmella. And I'd imagine there's going to be some clarity about which way this is headed after SmackDown, but I'm recording it before I've watched it, um, which is actually better for the review, uh, to be honest, because I'm giving you an honest review of, of the show versus where I think or, or know things are headed. Um, yeah, so I... You know, I, I read or, or I listened earlier. So Triple H was on a, a TV show earlier today. And the interviewer, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but the interviewer was basically like getting at the idea of, well, do you think this was like the best idea? Like this is the first ever women's money in the bank match. And like it was kind of tainted by like this kind of ending. And did she win? Did she not win? Like, and Triple H's response when asked about like Ellsworth's involvement, they were like, "Doesn't it, isn't it weird that, you know, a male competitor you're trying to make them look equal to the men, the men and the women, and a man, you know, grabbed the briefcase for the match?" And Triple H's response was very um, interesting to me, I should say, because he said, "Well," and he said it kind of tongue in cheek, half jokingly, but he said, "Well, we're still." trying to figure out right now if James Ellsworth is 100% man. Which leads me to believe there's a storyline that's going to happen where he's going to be a part of the women's division. Like, he'll identify himself as female or something. And But here's the thing. At the end of the day, there's no rules in a money in the bank. And really, the only thing that is official is the first person who possesses the briefcase wins. Mm -hmm. Ellsworth wasn't in the match, so he's not winning the briefcase. And Carmella was the first one to grab the briefcase. So, in my opinion, this is Steven Jensen's opinion, I'm not talking for Triple H anymore. Um, I think that she rightfully won the match in the briefcase. Now, that all being said, once again, the gender of James Ellsworth, and this is why I think it's interesting that Triple H brought this up, the gender, to me, is completely insignificant. Like, it wouldn't have mattered who grabbed the briefcase. If, he was, if they weren't in the match, they weren't in the match. It could be James Ellsworth. It could be Lita. It could be anybody. It doesn't matter. Someone that wasn't in the match grabbed the briefcase, and someone who was in the match eventually held it and won. So what's the point of bringing up James Ellsworth's gender unless they're they're thinking, at least, of going that kind of direction? And it's the same kind of thing. Like, in the men's Money in the Bank match, it's a double standard. You want things to be even across the board, but it's a double standard. Are you telling me if... Charlotte came out during the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, and she grabbed that briefcase first and threw it down, and AJ Styles caught it. How is that not the same exact thing? Yeah, you know what I mean. So the whole thing, you know, I had no problem with it. I actually called James Ellsworth grabbing the briefcase like weeks ago, but it just is what it is. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on the match itself? What are your thoughts on the ending? And what are your thoughts on Carmella? being the money in the bra- uh, money in the bank briefcase holder. Um it it was a good match um see watching it live like you could you saw pretty much everything we had with our seats we were just above the ring so we could see all the outside action or 
pretty much lack thereof of action on the outside. Pretty much the only spot on the outside was like Charlotte's little like misty moonsault that ended up taking out like her, Natalia, and uh, Tamina, I think, um, and then took them out for the rest of the match. Which that was sweet. It was it was a great move, but Charlotte has done a move bigger than that, or. Uh, just as equal to it, just a regular moonsault off the top of the turnbuckle, and then gotten up and continued to fight. Um, and it, it took her just completely out of the match for, it was a good five minutes after she did that before the whole controversy with James Ellsworth climbing the ladder. So, um, yeah, I want to reiterate, though, or just clarify, the move was sweet. Her not getting up was not sweet. Correct. Right. Um, but then the ending with, he did call the, the Ellsworth, I will vouch for that, um, I call it with Jeff Meach on my podcast too. Uh, I mean, like, there's, I mean, I kind of said it jokingly, but I mean, it just, it just made so much sense to do it like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the way I see it, like, it, it's it's as if, um, I mean, if Heyman was down there as the manager for Lesnar was, and if he was in the Money in the Bank match, and then Heyman grabs it for him, it's just his manager. Ellsworth is the manager of Carmella. And so by proxy, he grabbed it. She wins. Should be completely legitimate. Um, it was weird, but the whole pop, what we got onto earlier, like everybody was loving it. Like you could see in the background watching it on the network, like everyone's doing the Daniel Bryan's yes when he climbs up. But then as soon as he grabbed it, the whole crowd just turned. It went from like resounding yeses to seeing that happen to be like, oh shit, now Carmella's missed money in the bank. No, boo, get the good heel reaction. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, w- it was good. It could have been better. I know the women, though, like with Becky and Charlotte and Natalia's put on some decent matches as well. They could have done more. But as the first one, it was it was real good. Yeah, uh, there's only one word I can say to sum up the whole thing. Do you know what it is? I don't. Duh. Duh. (laughs) James Ellsworth is the man. Oh, gosh. That's too funny. His gimmick is fucking hilarious to me. I mean, like, at first it was, like, too annoying for me to want to watch it, but... It was, like, painstaking during the transition between, like, Ambrose and then Carmella taking uh, Ellsworth under her wing or whatever. Yeah, but part of me, though, is also, like, with a guy like Ellsworth, it, like, gives me hope. Where I'm like, wait a second. Like, this guy, there's no way in a million years this guy ever thought he was going to make the WWE. He was probably just doing... You know, small indie shows, and he fit fit you know the perfect mold for what they needed for for something on the show. And hey, good for him. I'm not gonna hate on a guy for accepting a job with the WWE. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Um, up next, we had the New Day defeating the Usos by countout in a very good match uh, for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, this was a 12 minute long match, and. Like I said, I mean, you might remember some of the spots better than me, but th- I mean, this was a this was a great match. This is one of the best tag team matches I've seen on the WWE in a long time. Um, I was impressed. I hated the ending being a countout, but that just leads me to believe they're setting up another one. Which, if they can do this again, and if they can somehow do it better, and you know what, if they did the same thing with a real ending, I would have said this was a, a fantastic you know tag team match for the WWE. Um, you know, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like watching the Young Bucks, don't get me wrong, 
But for the WWE standard, this is pretty damn good. Better than anything I've seen out of the Raw Tag Team division in a while, probably. I mean, yeah. outside of like the Hardys just being awesome all the time. But hey, that being said, Zach, what, what are your thoughts on this match? And uh, you know, just kind of things going forward with the SmackDown Tag Teams. Um, yeah, like it's it's hard to disagree with you. It was one of the best matches I've seen in a in a while from the WWE. Um, I mean, you always knew the New Day and the Usos can can do good work. Uh, the Usos were what back to back tag champ or tag teams of the year. Yeah. Um, and they haven't really done much with their heel turn, but now they're actually seeming legitimate because they they had control of the match majority of it. They were the heels had the lead, um, but they just some of the some of the bigger spots in that match, like with Biggie, I think he hit two of those spears. From the outside, which... It was a dangerous fucking move. I don't know why he does that as often as he does. Yeah, and, like, I mean, the first one, he hit, he hit flawlessly. Like, it was, like, perfect. Like, I'd Yeah, but he normally... lands on his shoulder almost every time. Like, it's just, like, it's just a matter of time before he, like, seriously hurts himself doing it. He's such a big guy. Dude, I get, like, maybe whipping it out, like, four times a year, but... Anyway, that's just me. I just I don't want the guy to get hurt. Yeah. But, you know, that's just me. But it's it's dude. Aesthetically speaking, it's a great move to watch. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm trying to think of the other like spots that they had. Uh, I mean, the big splash that Biggie did onto the apron just looks like it just hurts because that's a big man falling down on you. Yeah. But other than that, like the the ending. Like you said, like it, it leads it up. Like hopefully they will continue this feud. You obviously you can't really take the new day out of the title picture. Um, you know my favorite thing that the Usos do, and they did it in this match as well. Um, and it's such a simple thing, but it's you know the psychology of it is good, and it fits their their heel personas. I love when they target the knee. Like one of them holds, kind of holds uh, the opponent. And one of the two Usos will just jump up high in the air and then just, like, sidekick one of their legs. Right into the knee. Right into the Tequila Sunrise. Like, shout out to Conan. Tequila Sunrise, one of my favorite submission holds growing up. WCW, man. I mean, you know yeah. all about that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, we, damn, dude, we were Conan Marks back in the Wolfpack days. Big time. What are they? Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. We bowed about it and rowdy, rowdy. Um, K-Dog, baby. Uh... <laughs> So shout out to Conan, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that. I love when they do that because like they they work the leg, work the knee, go right into the tequila sunrise, which is a sweet submission hold. So, you know, I love those kind of spots. Um, you looking forward to this rematch? Uh, yeah, it should definitely be good, and it looks like I mean, if it doesn't happen on one of the nightly shows on SmackDown or weekly shows, um, then I guess the next big one is going to be SummerSlam. I yeah, believe. I could see it. Now, I also, I mean, I don't want to forget. I mean, I just have this hunch that the hype bros are going to be in this mix. So we'll see where this goes with the tag teams. But I want, I want to see this matchup between the New Days and the Usos again for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, after that, we had Naomi defeating Lana by submission in a match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championships. This one went about seven minutes and thirty seconds. Uh, Naomi's always solid, super athletic. Uh, Lana didn't get killed out there so that's a plus um i called submission by naomi in my wrestlerumble.com official predictions for the pick'em contest i was right on that one um i was actually right on everything on the show well aside from the main event which we'll get to but that was one out of six chance and i was wrong with that tag team match because i 
I figured the Usos would win, uh, you know, by pinfall. But that all being said, uh, I got this one right, and I like Naomi's uh, submission hold, and, you know, we'll probably get more of her as a champion going forward. Zach, your uh, thoughts on this one, man? Um, it was it was a good match. Like, surprisingly, Lana had some decent stuff. Uh, honestly, I'm trying hard to think about, like, what she did, but I know there was a couple things that, like, stood out. But, uh can't really expect too much like Lana's like first match as a singles competitor besides when she was in the like 12 woman tag match like in Mania like two years ago whatever it was right um but yeah it it was what it was you're not gonna see a title change and then we had the um Carmella did come out teased it yeah feigned at turning it in but Lana obviously wasn't putting up too much of a fight to make Naomi weak enough that Carmella could cash in. So we'll see where they go with the Miss Money in the Bank and with Naomi as champion. Yes, we will. Um, after that, we had a singles match for the WWE Championship. We had Jinder Mahal retaining his title, still the WWE Champion, defeated Randy Orton in his hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Orton got, like I said, the biggest pop of the night. Jinder got a lot of good heel heat. Uh, the Singh brothers continue to be those annoying little pests on the outside, which is exactly what they're trying to accomplish. Randy Orton fucked the Singh brothers up again. Uh, I mean, he probably just gets so much pleasure, especially him knowing like he's going to be losing the match. He's probably just taking it all out on these guys. He's probably sitting there going, dude, this guy, gender, he's like, this guy was jobbing for life up until... Like, I gotta keep putting this guy over. I mean, maybe he likes him. I don't want to talk shit. Ginger's probably a really nice guy. The whole thing's just still so odd and surreal to me that they've given this guy this push when, I mean, he he really isn't that good. He just really isn't that good. Like, but he's a big dude. He fits the mold of what they want as their champion right now. And he beat Randy Orton, not necessarily clean because, you know, a lot of distraction, but... He got the one, two, three with his finishing move. Do you know what, the, what he calls that? It's like the full Nelson slam or the um, Cobra Crutch slam. Yeah, I'm trying to. It it might come to me when we're doing this, so we'll we'll go on. But um, yeah, I can't think. I can't think of what he calls that. I mean, I know he called himself the Maharaja, this and that. Uh, while we're thinking of that, uh, you know, the match itself, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't a bad match. Uh, wasn't a phenomenal match, but there were, it had its moments, and I think the right guy won. As much as I am not a gigantic fan of Jinder Mahal or his actual title reign, I am a fan of credible championship belts, and I don't like seeing them hot potatoed around from person to person. So, uh, Zach, what were your thoughts on this match, man? Um, it uh, it was it was a good match. It um, Randy got the biggest pop, and I know we've said it earlier. Uh, that Jinder's entrance is is real good with the the red carpet coming out, and we did just look it up. It's called the Coloss. Yeah, that sounds right. Not um, not sure what it's named after. Something in India, I would assume. It's a cobra cl- It's a cobra clutch yeah, into the, a slam. Yeah, the full Nelson slam or, or modified, but uh, but yeah, like you said, the just the damage that. Orton did to um, the Singh brothers on the outside was was just awesome. Like he just throws caution to the wind. Like going back to the previous pay per view where he just pretty much did the just 
released vertical suplex and just pretty much flipped him right onto his neck. But it was from a backdrop spot. Like, he had him in a back body drop and just threw him straight up in the air. It wasn't even a vertical. He just threw him, his neck straight up in the air, just, oof. But, yeah, and then uh, then he gets back in the ring to a, an awaiting Jinder Mahal, hits him with the Colossus, one, two, three. Jinder's title reign continues. And, um, and then with this match being where it was, we knew we would not get a cash-in for the men's money in the bank. Correct, which was also a question on WrestleRumble.com. Truth. I will there be right. any? Will there be any cash-ins? I said no. You said yes. I said no on both. Oh, we said no. Ones. We both said we both said no. Okay, cool. Um, so we both got all those right. Um, spot of the night, possibly. I mean, there was a lot of great spots in the ladder match, so I don't know if I should say that, but uh, one of the best spots of the night for sure was Randy Orton hitting that RKO through the announce table oh, gosh, on one of the yeah. Singh brothers. He ran from one announce table to the other, jumped up in the air, and just hit a sweet RKO. So. Uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that match. I thought it was, it accomplished what it needed to, and it went almost 21 minutes long. And Orton was smart to move the um, the announce TVs out of the way so he didn't bash his back on it like that Batista Bomb RKO. There you go. So, good job, Randy. Shout out to Daniel Bryan for taking that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, after that, we had a match that was not advertised. It was Breezango, the team of Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Defeating the Ascension, who were revealed as the uh, the attackers on of... Tyler Breeze from a couple weeks ago. Right. So, I mean, I mean, I remember like when they showed the outlines of the guys and they were talking about. It, I was like, that looks kind of like the Ascension. I was like, I, if this is just the Ascension, it's gonna be kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what it was. Um, the match itself was uh, almost four minutes long. You got anything to say? Um. Nothing really to say about the match because I think it ended in a roll-up, but um, just the actual fashion police vignettes that they keep on putting out are still the greatest things that I'm watching in WWE right now. So please keep those going. I will watch that as long as you keep Breezango a tag team. Yeah, those vignettes, fashion files, and that kind of stuff. That stuff is funny. That stuff is very funny. Best. And I'm glad they're doing something with Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy about that for those guys. And the Ascension, they they deserve better. I'll just say it. They deserve better, but I just I don't see I don't know what they're gonna do with them. No idea. Um after that we had the main event of the evening. We had the Money in the Bank ladder match for the WWE Championship opportunity. This was of course in the men's category with the women's match being the first match of the actual pay per view. Baron Corbin is Mr. Money in the Bank defeating AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. I had Owens in this one. I knew it was probably a long shot. My gut told me Corbin the entire time. I know I should have went with that on my WrestleRumble.com predictions. Fucked that one up. Uh, Zach had Corbin, so that was a good call there. Uh, shout out, if they ever hear it, shout out to the guys who sat behind, behind us in uh, NXT Evansville. Uh, some of the most annoying human beings we've ever encountered. Um, yep. It was, gosh, those guys were bad. They were so bad that like Hideo Itami went to an NXT show. Like it, this was like, what a month or so ago. Yeah. And yeah, it was the end of May nineteenth. May nineteenth, the same day uh, Kane's See No Evil came out back in the day. Remember that? So we went to May. It was May nineteenth, Evansville, Indiana. We went to NXT. Um, these guys were heckling the hell out of the wrestlers, and they were just annoying as anything. And it almost looked like we were with these guys because of how close we were sitting to them. And we were front row, by the way. 
So these guys paid for second row seats so that they can heckle the talent. And to make a long story short, you know, like Hideo Itami looked like he was going to murder these guys. Chris Hero wanted to kill him. I mean, Roddy Strong. I mean, all these guys. And, like, they kept looking at, like, me and Zach. And we're, like, just pointing behind us, like, no, it's these fucking guys. Finger pointed. I'm just looking straight at the ground, like, nope. Nope. nope." But anyway, these guys would not shut up during that show about how Baron Corbin was going to be the one to win Money in the Bank. And that was, you know, at the end of May. So, yeah, you guys called it. If you guys ever hear this. Heard it here first. Corbin's winning Money in the Bank. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even want to give these guys the time of day anymore, but uh, yeah, they were apparently at Money in the Bank too. Thank God I didn't hear them. And, and they were actually WWE Raw last night was in Evansville, and I guarantee they were at the show. So if you guys hear this, um, hey, you know what? Shout out to Micus. I don't know who he is, but they wouldn't stop uh, and, saying that guy's name. Yeah, Micus and uh, and Bulldog. Mike is on no, it's the Bulldog. Oh, Bulldog. Yeah, yeah. Micus and the Bulldog. So and hey, I can say this. I'm I'm from Georgia. I I went to college in Statesboro, Georgia, in, in the south of the south. These are these are kind of my type of people, and these guys were just beyond, just beyond. Oh my goodness! Oh, if you would have from the north and you would have been at the show, you would have wanted to kill these dudes. Yeah. Anyway, oh, and so a uh, um, side note: the funniest thing of the night was these guys were heckling the hell out of uh, Wesley Blake, and. Uh, a another fan basically like put them in their place because he was he was rooting for Wesley Blake and these guys just kind of like shut it off because this like, it was like an old man who was cheering for him and things got awkward real quick but so anyway that's enough about NXT Evans that's enough about Evansville in general I'll go back at some point uh, for more wrestling I think but just hope to God I don't get anywhere near uh, that crew of people yeah. Oh my gosh, such a negative podcast today, talking about how shitty the Scotch Trade Center is, and now talking now about these guys in Evansville. The show, fucking Money in the Bank was great. I don't know why I'm doing all this, but hey, maybe people out there like hearing it. I don't know. Um, Baron Corbin, that's a roundabout way of saying Baron Corbin won. They were right. You were right. I was yeah. wrong, but in my gut, I really felt it. Um, Zach, what are your thoughts on this match? There's a lot of good spots. Um, and what are your thoughts on Corbin as Mr. Money in the Bank? Yeah, it was... It was, I mean, it was a great match. Uh, they had Spot City. It started off real well with, um, we were sitting there during the entrances and we're like, oh man, what, Corbin's coming out last? That's weird with all these people with great entrances. And then sure enough, Corbin came out and beat the shit out of Shinsuke during his entrance. Which, Serious heel heat. Which, uh, yeah, the, the crowd went pretty uh, pretty boo heavy during that. But, um, but yeah, the Kevin Owens can take a hit holy shit that dude took what a deep he took an aa or it probably wasn't an aa because it's not cena doing it it was a, an aa but yeah normally aj lands him on the knee but he did it onto a onto a ladder that was after he had already taken a half and half suplex from Sami Zayn on the ring apron yep and then um i mean i know there was more the kinshasa that shinsuke gave him on the side of the ring was was deadly i mean Dude can dude can take a hit, but every single like the the match had nonstop action. It was it was real good. There was never a real dull moment. Um, during the uh, in the Wrestle Rumble, there there were three questions pertaining to each Money in the Bank match. One was uh, who's gonna bring a ladder into the ring first? Who's gonna put their foot on the uh, ladder first? And then who's gonna win? Um, and I ended up getting all three of them right. I said Corbin would bring it in, and Ziggler would get on it first, and then Corbin wins the, the briefcase. But I think I think it's good. 
out of everybody, um, I mean, I definitely could have seen Zayn winning it because he definitely needs a money in the bank to really win a title, I think. that's Or at least the WWE title. With the way they positioned him, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a hell of a worker. He should win it regardless. But out of everyone, Corbin needed this money in the bank win more than most, so... I did like it. I've always been a fan of Corbin, and we always keep saying, you've heard me say it a bunch, that the end of days is probably like the coolest finisher that you're going to see. Um, so, yeah. All in all, great show. Yeah, great a few match. more things I definitely want to mention about that match. Like, uh, you know, Corbin attacks Shinsuke on the outside. Shinsuke uh, looks like he's out of the match. And when he comes back, the crowd's going nuts. Uh I, when I watched it back on TV, even more so, because, like, you can get the good camera angle and, like, Nakamura's facials and, like, him holding his arm and stuff. And he's walking down. He looks like a fucking warrior who's just, like, ready to go off on everybody. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did when he got into the ring. He looked great hitting all his spots. I've talked to Zach about this off the air before. I just really, really hope, along with all these hardcore fans along with me who have followed his career for so long, please do not pigeonhole this guy. Like... I'm speaking to the WWE right now. Like, do not pigeonhole this guy. Like, he has to be able to go out there and do more than just his signature moves. Now, in this situation, it was fine. It was perfect. What he did going out, they they played to his strengths. They hit his weaknesses. Like, he's never had ladder matches and stuff in Japan. Like, he's never had to deal with this kind of stuff. So, you know, they, they hid the fact that he probably wasn't the most comfortable in this type of setting. So, what did they do? They made him look strong as hell by just taking everybody out when he came back into the match. I have no problem with that. And what I like the most about this entire match is they're planting the seeds for AJ Styles for Shinsuke Nakamura. And that, I think, I mean, for anybody who's seen them wrestle each other in New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, I guess it was two years ago already now, just, if you haven't seen it, go out of your way to find it. Uh, or subscribe to New Japan, however you got to watch it. I mean, it's so good. But... If they're going to do a high-profile match, I don't know if it'll be at, like, SummerSlam. I would save it for WrestleMania, personally, but they're planting the seeds for that. Um, a lot of these guys had some really, really good spots in this match, but my my favorite thing is is probably is probably seeing AJ and Nakamura squaring off and just knowing that the, the company... That knowing that the WWE knows, you know, like, they, they get it. They know that this is what the fans want. And if, if the fans don't already want it, like... If they didn't already know, now they know. Like, even the ones who don't know about their past at all, now they know, like, ooh, there's something going on between these two. It's like they know each other. And then we're going to just see great stuff in the ring. So, um, like you said, all in all, I thought it was a really, really solid show. I'm glad we made the the trip of just one day driving back and forth from Nashville to St. Louis. And there was uh, one thing that we didn't mention that was on the show, uh, Maria Canellis and... Mike Bennett or yep. Mike Canellis came yep. out during the match and it was funny because we were sitting there in our seats and 10 seconds before it happened the guy sitting right in front was like hey man you hear Maria Canellis and Mike Bennett were spot at the airport and Steve was like dude I do not want to hear it and then it's like it's the greatest and then their, their <laughs> teammates he was like oh good good call on that one man <laughs> yeah so I do 
everything I can to avoid spoilers. Like, I don't look at dirt sheet websites in my spare time. Like, I'm not knocking people who do. I mean, I used to for, for a very long time, up until probably about four years or so ago. I I was always on the web. I mean, and shout out to, you know, Russ, uh, geez, always shout out to WrestleRumble.com. But as far as pro wrestling news and stuff is concerned, like, you know, always, you know, shout out to WrestleZone.com. Shout out to NoDQ.com. I mean, there's some great websites out there. Shout out to Dave Meltzer. Shout out to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. I mean, that stuff's awesome. Shout out to MLW Radio. I mean, there's Sam Roberts, all these guys who cover this kind of stuff and talk about it. Like, Peter Rosenberg, biggest mark of all of us. But, hey, shout out to Peter Rosenberg. Um, You know, I'm not a hater. I'm glad that people are successful doing this. And, you know, I just just try to avoid that kind of stuff because, like, if I'm there live, it's like if I knew what was going to happen in a movie before I went, I wouldn't want to go see the movie. Like, there's no point if I already know what's going to happen. So this guy in front of us, essentially, like, he heard us talking just about, like, other wrestling stuff with some other people in our row. I was out promoting my podcast, got some new listeners and subscribers, so shout out to anyone new listening to this that I might have met at the show. Um, definitely stay in touch with me. I'll get you on the show as well. I'd love to talk to other fans. But, yeah, this guy turns around. He's like, hey, man, you hear uh, Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis were sparred at the airport. And I literally, just like Zach said, I was like, man, I don't even want to know that. Like, oh, come on, dude. And then, and then, yeah, the music hits. They walk out. I literally patted the guy on the back. I said, good call. And I think he felt like a dick. So... That's been fight talk. Uh, Zach, you got anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here, man? Um, I guess I'll, I'll start being more active. i got to follow from Russell Rumble on Matt, Twitter. Matt, my man. So, uh, so I guess I'll be more active. Just give me a follow at Costas07, C-O-S-T-A-S-0-7. And it is June 20th, so shout out to my dog, Bo. He turned nine today. Woof, woof. That's my message to Bo. Appreciate it. Happy birthday, Bo. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That is at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Follow me on my Facebook group. I think you just got to go like like it and follow it. Whatever you got to do on Facebook. Uh, I've been keeping up to date with that way more often. At Fight Talk Podcast, all one word in the search bar. Or just search Fight Talk. Should come up pretty easy. Got some new logos and stuff, so you know, check those out. If you don't recognize the, the old school Fight Talk logo, just look out for my new one. I, I really like it a lot, actually. Uh, be sure to follow on Podomatic. And if you like Android or you like using a you know a web browser or whatever, you don't like iTunes, you don't like Apple products for whatever reason, uh, I'm also on uh, SoundCloud now. I'm on Podbean. I'm on a whole bunch of different channels, uh, Stitcher. You know, So it should not be difficult to find me. And you should be able to listen to me however you want on whatever platform. Um, if you choose iTunes and, and Apple products as I do, um, I'm not. That's not a plug for Apple. Just want to make that clear. Not a sponsorship for Apple, but I do use Apple products uh, when it comes to my phones. Uh, that's really it. But oh, Apple TV too, I guess. But I use iPhones and I use iTunes. And if you do too, please subscribe on iTunes. Please rate and comment. It helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Please just go on there, hit the five star rating, and just put some sort of comment in there, even if it's just "What's up, Steven? Or, I like the podcast. It can be as generic as you want, but it helps with advertising. It helps with a lot of different stuff. It helps with rankings, and I know rankings don't sound like they mean anything, but they do. It helps people find the stuff faster. So, please help out, and please support the podcast. And if you want to support the podcast even more than you already do uh, by doing all those things and just listening and just supporting it, uh, you can find my merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. 
.net. I have t-shirts, hoodies, but the main thing is tank tops right now. Uh, so any color you're looking for, just let me know. If you don't see it on the website, I can make it happen. Uh, just jump on there, whatamaneuver.net, or hit me up personally. Uh, I got stuff for women, children, men, I mean, whatever you identify as. Hey, we were talking about Ellsworth and what they're doing with him. If you identify as a James Ellsworth, I got stuff for you. Just hit me up. I'll get it for you personally. I'll get it through you know, for the website. Whatever we got to do, we'll make it happen. Like I said, if there's a size, a color, anything, even a design. If you like some of my alternate designs that you see online and you want it on some clothing, just let me know. I'll make it happen. Super easy. Um, keep your eyes out and your ears open once again for this big Great Balls of Fire contest I'm going to be running soon. It's going to be coming out any day now, so just look out for it on my Twitter. Like I said before, at FightTalk underscore. That's where you're going to see uh, what's going down for that contest. And I keep mentioning it. If you want to try some free Williamson Brothers barbecue sauce, just let me know. Hit me up. Even if you know me outside of the podcast, shoot me a text. Say, I want to try the sauce. It's that easy. So once again, special thanks to WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Make sure to check me out. I will probably be uh, probably just tomorrow night. I'm gonna guess tomorrow night or maybe the day after, but sometime in the next couple days. Make sure to check out my SmackDown review. We're gonna be watching the show right now, actually, and that will be on thefanspodcast.com. Check them out at thefanspodcast on Twitter. It'll be on the blue level section of their website. So I'll be back very very soon. Thanks for listening.